Hello and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. The Premiership returns tomorrow after the depressing international break. Belgium batterings, McBurney bashing and Russians on the Randan at Hamden. But forget all about that for now because it's a super Saturday. All six games taking place on the same day. But Saturdays, Sundays or any day of the week haven't been too super for Hearts or Hibs of late. Can Rangers respond to their 2-0 defeat to Celtic and win against an unbeaten Livingston? And will the struggling Saints go marching in at Pitodre? Plus, in League 2, there's a new man in charge at Glebe Park. Trying not to make breaking bad, Mark Wilson joins us on the podcast. Alongside me in the studio, providing the chemistry, it's JJ Bull of The Telegraph. These are breaking bad references, by the way. And next to him, to follow it on, he's got the bald head, he's got the glasses, and he's got contacts in Europe. It's Kieran Canning. Hello, boys. I've also got bags worth of uh, crystal meth to ensure that I never have to watch Scotland conscious again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Scotland. The two defeats at Hamden, 2-1 to Russia, then a 4-0 humping from Belgium. So basically, lads, we can still qualify for Euro 2020, but not from this group. It will have to be from the Nations League playoffs, um, which will happen in March because we won our Nations League group, which still consisted of two poor teams anyway. So we're very lucky. I think that wasn't really a surprise given after the Kazakhstan game, it was going to be incredibly hard to, to come out of that group automatically. What is a bit depressing is that we're not really seeing progress we hope to see under Steve Clark. Like what we expected to see from a Clark team was defensively well organised, hard to beat team in line with what he did with Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. I'm now a bit concerned that we don't really have the players to play that way. Like all of our best players are midfielders, left backs or wingers. And so particularly in the Russia game where we played really well for the first twenty minutes. And then Russia did just start going long to to Juva. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't handle it because we don't have the centre-backs to be able to defend for long periods of time without possession, which is what Clark teams have generally done well at. We were aware of that going into this game, that we had to make the most of our midfield. And that's why we have the likes of James Forrest and the likes of Ryan Fraser, kind of two really forward-thinking guys on the wing to support the the centre-forward. But we're not not utilising it as well as we should be doing. Why is that? I mean, we don't have good players as other teams do. Like I think the centre back thing is relevant even to the wingers because you can't you can't go and attack the way you want to if you can't trust who's at the back. And there was loads of individual errors that I mean Clark can't account for. But if we look who the actual individual members are like Charlie Malgrew. I mean, come on, international centre back. Uh, this is the problem: is that we've got well, there was Cooper and Mulgrew were centre backs in the two games yeah mm-hmm. I mean McKenna probably was fit Suter maybe if he was fit there's not there's not obvious candidates to come back and play there I think right back's clearly a problem because O'Donnell just doesn't look up to it at that, that he's standard not, he's not a level needed no you no. talked about the McBurney bashing I was a bit surprised at the backlash against them after the Russia game because he actually I felt played okay in the first 20 minutes when Scotland were playing well mm-hmm. and playing on the front foot and then they just seem to see this have this crisis of confidence after they went one 0 up. I mean, Andy Robertson said that they were scared, and it's the first time he's ever been in that position where a game where 
they're so much in command and then all of a sudden being in front seemed to make them more nervous. I think that shocked I think that shocked Clark as well. He said in his post match he couldn't put his finger on it why they just let their foot off the There's gas. Nothing you can and, do about it as a manager at the and time. And then there yeah. was like a forty, fifty yard gap between McBurney and the rest of the team. Yeah. So he ended up getting a lot of the criticism when he had no support. So exactly, that's that? why you can't make use of your wide players because you you're dropping deep to try and cover up for any defensive frailties. Yeah. Suddenly the boys who need to get forward to support McBurney can't do it and they're stuck. I don't think players perform as well as they should for Scotland and I, and I can't work out whether that's because they're frightened or because they're next to players next to them who aren't as good. I, sure. It's weird. I think, I, think, I think with the McBurney thing, a lot of Scottish football fans were waiting for an excuse to jump on his back purely because of that, that video that was leaked with him suggesting he didn't want to be going away with Scotland and performing for them but could you be um, arsed like, I, I mean I tweet this and those people have been like oh, blah, 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 blah. that's basically what it sounds like to me when you read it on Twitter <laughs> but, um, it's not his fault he's a £20 million player right it's yeah. not, he didn't make that transfer fee someone else did I mean <laughs> don't know what drugs they were on <laughs> but uh, they were probably pretty good so McBurney is a £20 million player apparently but actually he's basically a championship level goal scorer yeah. there have been heaps of them right yeah. Scotland have done well in the past when you've had a player like Kenny Miller something like that who runs and chases the channels it's not that you need someone to be a target man to hold it up and I don't think McBurney is a target man I think he just is the only player who looks sort of like he might be, so he gets put into it. But Miller would run the channels, so you can put a ball in the channel, he can chase it down, and then your team moves up. Whereas McBurney, you think he's going to hold it up because he looks like a target man, but he's not. It's just because he's tall, isn't it? Yeah, he just takes he takes the ball with... I don't think he holds it up much. He likes to link play. like He, he likes to drop in and sort of play these little quick passes sure. with folk, and that's not really his game. And I think he got a lot more service at Swansea. Um, in the championship so he can feed off a lot more and he was getting yeah. absolutely zero support exactly. in this game could you be arsed but, on your but, own? But, but, but to move on to another aspect of this game or, or these two games sorry um, before we move on to a more positive note mm. what do we think of, you know Andrew Robertson wearing that captain's armband he's admitted himself he's not performing at the, the level that he's he maybe feels he should be performing at I'm trying to suggest is the armband weighing his performances down? There's two things I feel with Robertson. One is, especially since he became captain, you feel that he takes on a huge amount of responsibility on himself, whether it be the amount of media he does, or you could even see it in the game. And there was one point about five minutes to go in the Russia game, and he was like the most advanced player forward, like looking to get onto a flick on in the box. And it's just like he's thinking that, oh, I need to do everything myself, where actually that's making the team weaker because he's not. You're hold, a left back. You're not holding <laughs> the position. Yeah, the other thing totally is, and. I, this might be exceptionally harsh on him because he's developed and improved so much over the last sort of 18 months. But there was a sort of theory going around after the games, particularly the Belgium game, because I was up for the two games in the press box. Is it that Robertson is just perfectly suited to playing in that Liverpool system and that out with that and without having the same standard of players to play alongside or even the same structure of the team, he's just not as effective? And we were expecting to see the Liverpool Robertson in a Scotland team, yeah. which is just never going to happen. Exactly, because he's basically a winger to Liverpool. He's not really a, a, a left-back. And what he needs to be in that team is one unit of, of, of you know, a, I'm trying, you know what I'm trying to say, he's yeah, like yeah, one yeah, cog in a bigger machine. Yeah. He knows he's the best player in the team. He's trying to do far too much, is that what you're saying? But the thing that you say he's the best player in the team, he's not the best player in the team, he's just the best left-back. It's not, like, he's best player the best in the team level like the, footballer. Yeah, I know, but it's. I just don't. What would don't... his overall rating be on Pro Evo? <laughs> it would be the highest of all the all, players. All I'm trying to say is, I just think that the expectation is just stupid. 
you know, we should we should just be allowing him to be a left back, and he should just be the the best left back in the team. Which he is that. And the the first twenty minutes of the Russia game were by far the best we played over the two games. All our joy and the goal and everything came down the sort of triangle that was yeah. working between Robertson, Fraser, and McGregor. Mm. There are three of our best sort of technically gifted players, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that that should be kept going. For, and that was what maybe worried me a bit about Clark as well that. The changes for the second game almost seemed changes for changes' sake, rather than what is specifically going to make the team better to to face up to Belgium. I mean, Christie got in the team because he did well when he came on as a sub right at the end. And but sure. I think the, the Christie thing ties into we've got loads of talented midfielders, so we had Christie and Armstrong on the bench in the first game. So yeah. Christie comes in, but dropping like Fraser and Forrest for the second game, I don't think. I, mean, I don't think whoever played was going to beat Belgium, but I just I, that worried me a little bit. Going well, well, I think it's odd to say the jury's out on Clark, but he just deserves the time. He's, oh, he's yeah, proved himself as a manager. He, does, he deserves yeah, the time. And I'd like I'd like for us to move on to a positive thing because it was actually James McFadden Day on Thursday. It was. James McFadden Day James McFadden Day because um, we did a whole episode on that win against France about a year ago uh, it's called When Faddy Scored From 40 Miles so go and check that out because if you're feeling like <laughs> about Scotland that will certainly cheer you up and and staying on a positive thing as well for Scotland the under-21s beat Croatia 2-1 so the future's bright but it's not really <laughs> the present's absolutely terrible I mean Clark needs time with that team give clearly. me this JJ no but Please. Scotland are not very good at football anymore. I think a lot of people need to reassess how good they actually are. Like, who is it in the Belgium team, or I think the Belgian press were equating Scotland with being about as good as San Marino. That's kind of weird <laughs> that I would be put in that bracket. But I think we'd struggle to beat teams like Estonia and stuff now. We've got good individual players. It's weird how it doesn't work. I was going to say the opposite because I think that if you'd asked me this two or three years ago, I would have said exactly what you said. Mm. Whereas now I actually have more hope because I see more individually good players good. if we get them in the right structure good. yeah I, I, I mean maybe the full strength I think I think Scott McKenna would make a difference if he'd been in that defence not against Belgium I mean they're one of the best teams in the world well, so you're going to get done well, I'm going to I'm going to try this again I'm going to try and stay positive All right. and bring on the fact that let's see if this one works Fort William won <laughs> yeah get all those nine Inverness loanees into the Scotland exactly. squad <laughs> so like uh, although you really want Fort William to do well it's really nice like, everyone loves the story I mean you can't not like it right? it was they beat Clackna Cudden 1-0 yeah. who are pretty much <laughs> the same as Fort William in the fact that they are not very good their, what's their first league win in 882 days they tweeted or something like that right yeah However, Brown with the, it's with important the to remember the that they are essentially an Inverness Cali Thistle Colts team at the moment. <laughs> and those boys are going to be a high level. Highland League's a good standard, but it'd be nice if they just, you know, it's not like they just come around and they found a winning way like the Mighty Ducks or something. <laughs> yeah. It is that they've hired in a bunch of boys who play for a, a high level club. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. Time to talk the clubs from the capital. The Hearts host Motherwell on Saturday as the pressure continues to grow on Craig Levine's jobs. 10 points from a possible 33 at Tyne Castle for Hearts in 2019 and there could be as many as eight first-teamers out injured. Stephen Naismith the latest to be a doubt with a hamstring niggle. This time a year ago, Hearts faced Motherwell at Fur Park and won 1-0 to make it five wins out of five and stay top of the table and it was Naismith that scored that goal. No wins in four, 12 months on. I like your cadence there when you went down. Mm. That was nice. Uh, yes. Just like hearts. Yes. Well, oh. 
Maybe Hearts are doing the opposite of what they did last season when they started well and then were pretty awful the rest of it and are starting terribly this season so they can be amazing for the rest. I mean, that's obviously or not what's happening. But they were just quite good for a few weeks and then have actually been awful for the best part of a year. Yeah. Which I think is probably the more likely scenario, particularly if, given the injuries they've got at the moment and Naismith was so key to that good start to last season... Not just because of what he brings as a player individually, but everyone seems to play off him a lot better. Obviously, at that point... He makes him way, way better. Nick Piazza was playing really well as a sort of focal point in the attack, and Naismith could play off him. And Nick Piazza just isn't anywhere near that. When it's just him and the ball is just getting like launched into him, it's much easier to defend. Mm-hmm. Signings like Connor Washington and stuff hasn't really paid off so far, so it isn't looking great. We spoke about Hearts a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, they were saying how like the the home game against Hamilton could be a kind of make or break thing, and that obviously didn't go well. Drawing two two, I think they were in the lead twice as well, and that that may have like pulled the fans one way or the other. There was a, a point where the fans are really going to turn on Levine, and yeah, I think it's hard to say it's a must win because we've spoken about this before as well, and Levine's very safe there, but. It's going to get to a point where even if they're going to have any sort of aspirations of top six, they're going to have to do something about it, and that either means drastic improvements on the pitch or shaking things up off it. Well, yeah, the worst thing about Hearts is that they've had Levine in charge for this long, and you haven't really seen any improvements in them. All the players that have come in, the only real improvement you see is when Naismith is on the pitch. But it's also they signed so many players, yeah, like a huge amount of players, and so the budget that they're putting in there is in no way correlating to where they are, and particularly at the moment when they're. Joint, oh, second, the budget. They should be joint bottom. I think they should be third. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, right. it's fascinating because the, the money they've spent, they've they've updated the stadium uh, along with that. You know, the fans are expecting way more, uh, and it's 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 going to hit a, a crisis point I know potentially beat, next weekend. They beat Motherwell in the, the league cup, but I really fancy, given what we've seen of both teams so far this season, I really fancy Motherwell in this game. Um, Motherwell just look like completely the opposite of Hearts in that they're working on a much tighter budget. Mm-hmm. They went through that sort of topsy-turvy summer where they thought they were going to get the Turnbull money and then didn't, then had to sort of adjust their, their budgets and things with that in mind. But they seem to have recruited pretty well again and look like much the better team yeah. of these two yeah. so far. They're playing nice football. And the other thing as well is even though Hearts are at home, I'm not sure that's a huge advantage just now because no. the way the crowd... Exactly. I don't know if they've turned fully on Levine, but I know most of them are fed up. But they expect it. more. So, so as yeah. soon as something goes wrong, exactly. they're well, straight well, on the, the, the team's back. And injuries are really relevant. Again, we always mention yep. it, but the, all those injuries are really relevant and it's forcing players to play out of position. And we talked about this in the last podcast about Hamilton. They're whited left back, hickey in the right. It just doesn't make any sense. And they were getting... Absolutely done. But Motherwell, like you're saying, recruited really well. Sherwin Seedorf, um, talking to Laura Bannon when she was yeah. on last week, he, he's done really well. He was great in that win over Hibs. Absolutely had uh, Whitaker as playing at right back. And again, the Edinburgh Club's playing players out of position. Had him on toast, as Michael Owen would say. Well, yeah, you, there's a lot of exciting young players at Motherwell, Jimmy and Hylton. And, you know, I think David Turnbull was due back in January. Mm. And Motherwell are doing all right right now. So if they can get to January, I'm, I'm thinking ahead of ahead here. Uh, but that's, I mean, that, but no, but at least with them, you can see where they're going, what they're trying to exactly. do. Exactly. Hearts, I had no idea. Exactly. And it's two contrasting kind of clubs because, like you said, Motherwell with an obvious plan and Hearts just seem turmoils maybe a bit much but you're expecting them to be in the top half of the table at least at this stage I mean, it's only four games but yeah. yeah and i know but i want more <laughs> and, and like now getting in some some big names so they've already got a seedorf yeah. seedorf rather 
And now they have a Mugabe. Yes. <laughs> yes, Motherwell signed defender Bevis Mugabe. Is it Beavis? Like Beavis and Butthead? I don't know. I just hope he's not... Uh, Dead. A, di- a, a dictator. <laughs> no relation to mm. Robert Mugabe. We're basically getting to the point of, yeah. yeah, Robert Mugabe, that guy who actually, actually pointed a gun at my mum and dad. Robert Mugabe? I'm not, I'm not even kidding you. Robert Mugabe? Yeah, so my dad worked for the Zambian government. Like, in tax and stuff. And genuinely, we went on holiday, three-week holiday, and we were driving around Zimbabwe. My dad took a wrong turn. I was sleeping in the car. And um, we turned right or left or whatever. Wrong turn. Um, And his presidential car was going down the road. And so we were met with, you know, two lines of Zimbabwean um, soldiers pointed their gun because it's like, well, you shouldn't be here. And then my dad had to, like, flaunt his papers out the the car window and say, I work for the Zambian government. Don't shoot, don't shoot. I don't remember this at all. That's definitely going to the point. That's great. (laughs) Although I'm a bit disappointed that you said that, like, Robert Mugabe himself Ah, pointed the gun. gun. It's like that party and you're like, do you like the Doritos? What do you mean? (laughs) But but it would have been better if I just said that and then we moved on and then just kept that, like, oh, wait a minute. Um, well, let's move on. Let's move from Zimbabwe to Hibs because uh, they travel, travel to Rugby Park to face Kilmarnock. When we did our pre-season preview, we quite fancied Hibs for third place. Yeah. Um, they won their opening game against St Mirren, narrowly, but then that was followed by a 6-1 defeat at Ibrooks. That's them kind of hunt it. <laughs> I would say they have been poor since they, then. They lost to Ibrooks. Yeah. I was under the impression that Scott Allen Pass was like automatic <laughs> automatic three points. Oh, yeah, the Scott Allen Pass. That's what everyone talked about other than the six good goals. Do you think that'll be just Deflection. like the, the Hibs end of season video? They'll bring out a DVD of the Scott Allen Pass. Well, like that's a Dan film. And it's just a set to the music. I, by, think, I think you only get six cameras at most games in Scotland. I think it's actually only four. That's fine. It's the same replay, but with different filters, like on YouTube. But really, yeah, get Mogwai yeah. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that. Uh, anyway, speaking of Scott Allen, uh, Hibs are playing him. Uh, I don't think they've quite figured out what their team sheet's meant to be. The Bob seemed to have a plan last year, and they were playing some nice football. And now he's brought his own his own boys in yeah. to try and do a job, and he's made them worse. And that is not good. Scott Allen has been playing wide. I, I can't tell if he's trying to play the, so he comes inside to be able to play through the middle, but he needs to play through the middle. But then if, if Heckenbottom's preferred shape is like a 4-1-4-1, there's no real room for Scott Allen in that team. The problem with Scott Allen is that if you're up against it and you're playing, you're having to defend, yeah. you can't rely on Scott Allen to help your team out. And if you're attacking and fl- free-flowing, Scott Allen's quality. The other thing that's the problem with Scott Allen is that you have to say his whole name. <laughs> you can't just say yeah. Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you just said about Scott Allen, there is um, representative of what uh, Hickingbottom said, I think it was after the Motherwell defeat, when he just complained about Hibs being too nice and far too soft and easy to play against. All these guys are kind of individually good players, but you look at Allen, uh, Daryl Horgan, Glenn Middleton, who's got in a loan from Rangers, Mm -hmm. Stevie Mallon, all good players, but are they a bit easy to play against well, and didn't sign any nutters or any working class clearly that's think, what he needed I think I think conceding 14 goals in the last four games kind of suggests that they're quite easy to play against well was Chris Boyd's already solved this he needs to get more um, working class people into the team that's, that's <laughs> solve it all get all those no ball signs off the off the walls Look, it's not going well for Hibs. We all know that. Um, it's not going well for Hibs women, actually, as well. They got beaten 4-1 by Slavia Prague in the last 32 first leg of the Champions League this week. They did well to get there, but Glasgow City won 1-0 in Moscow, actually, just to point on that. 
only the second time that two Scottish sides have made it this far. I mean, that is pretty good. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. But um, it's like, that's last 32, just for like anyone doesn't know. So that'd be like the equivalent of having two Scottish teams in the group stages of yeah, the of, Champions League. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. But um, let's touch on Kilmarnock, third last season, and they got their first win last time around at St Johnston. Yes, and things are, are turning, JJ. Well, you did your big thing on them <laughs> not too long ago, and you, you're you're starting to see some positives. Well, it's just a one win. I mean, again, it wasn't a huge win. I think a lot of Scottish press, as <laughs> as you'd imagine, would be are kind of anti Alessio straight away, right? Yeah, straight away. Straight away. I don't get it. It's because Kirk Broadfoot told them, and you know, <laughs> he is a man of sane mind and body. As with all the teams, it's far too early to work out who they are. I don't think the transfer window went very well at all. No. I don't think they've really got ways to score. They're trying to change the way they're playing from last season. It's a bit more possession-based. Uh, but so far, only Stephen O'Donnell has scored for them. He's got two one of them is an absolute pinger, though, against Rangers. Something like that. It's really bad, though. When, you know, we, We've mentioned in the podcast before how lethal Eamon Brophy can be but that was really With mostly Greg when Greg Stewart was there yeah. so now you're looking at it and you're seeing Stephen O'Donnell is their top goal yeah. scorer four games I know it's only four games but two goals that's pretty disappointing uh, the one thing I would say positively about them is that we've seen the past two games uh, the Aberdeen 0-0 and winning 1-0 at St Johnson that at least have sort of maintained that shape a bit and the discipline that, that was there from, from Clark's time and goals even when Clark was there, it wasn't as if they were exactly free scoring. Yeah, exactly. When and that's when they had Jones and Stewart and and Brophy in top form. Um, so I think goals are going to be a problem all season long. <sighs> Mondays. In terms of popularity, they're up there with Brussels sprouts, dental surgery, and Neymar, aren't they? But at Paddy Power, we wanted to do something to make Mondays a bit less. Monday. So now Mondays are Money Back Mondays. When we get you, the punters, to nominate your lost football bet on Twitter using the hashtag Money Back Mondays, to vote in our Monday Twitter poll, and then we refund on the most popular market as a free bet. Paddy Power, home of the Money Back Special. T's and C's apply. No max stake. Refund will be as a free bet. Does not apply to shop bets. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy Knees Media. Bad times in Edinburgh, but it's the players from Perth who are propping up the pile. Bottom of the table, St Johnston travel to Aberdeen on Saturday. We're joined now by the author of Our Day in May, Saints fan Ed Hodge. Ed, two draws, two defeats, including a 7-0 defeat at Celtic on the opening day of the season. Is there any sense of panic amongst the supporters yet? Uh, I don't think so. It's obviously not where you want to be after four games, but you know, mm. Celtic away first up was always going to be difficult. Yes, it was um, quite a disappointing result um, to lose so heavily, but... You know, there was actually good comebacks against uh, Livingston and Hibs. Uh, I, I guess the real disappointing one was was just before the break there with Kilmarnock um, at home. I actually went up there for the, the Stevie May return. <laughs> I wanted to be there. Uh, <laughs> that, that, yeah, so that that was disappointing because Kelly, you know, Kelly um, got their noses in front of us so often in these games. They... Uh, the first goal is so important, isn't it? So they, they, they held on and, and took the points. So, yeah, it's disappointing. And, and our next two games are not easy either, Aberdeen and Rangers. So, But there's a lot of points up for grabs in October, which is already looking like a huge, huge month for us. Speaking of Stevie May, uh, there's a lot of hope resting on his shoulders now. Like, where are the goals going to come from from St Johnston this season now? 
Yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm biased. He's a, a cult hero of mine, going back to the, the Scottish Cup mm-hmm. and the especially the semi final with the two goals. Uh, I remember. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm quite quite happy to talk about that again. Uh, so I think you know, just from the cameo he had against Kilmarnock, uh, you know, you can see that the sharpness is there. He's obviously had a difficult time at Aberdeen, but I, I think. The, the saga of finally getting him to the club uh, should hopefully pay off. I think there's goals there in him, and I, going forward, honestly, I, I think we're 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 looking pretty good with with Kennedy on one side. You know, Dre Wright's back to fitness. You've got O'Halloran, uh, Danny Swanson, um, you know, Chris Kane and and Hendry there as well. You know, we're not going to be short of goals. Mm. The, the the problem I see is, is just trying to keep them out because it's a it's a much changed defence and. Given uh, you know Tommy's kind of instructions to to lower the average age of the squad, there's uh, you know Jason Kern and, and Liam Gordon have to really get up to speed as quickly as they can. Um, you know there's good potential there in defence, but we have to uh, you know, really tighten up at the back. You, you mentioned um, you know that that Scottish Cup win in 2014. Obviously Tommy Wright was the manager then. We all know the the great job he's done there. But do you think players get bored with you know hearing the same voice over and over again? Is is it something you know? It's been mentioned down in England with like the likes of Pochettino and this five year cycle of a squad. And Tommy Wright's brought quite a few people back, like O'Halloran. There's a lot of players that have done a good job for St Johnston. But do you think maybe you know it's time for a change? Uh, well, I, I don't think you can dispute the job he's done for us. It's been uh, it, it's been phenomenal, and you know, the, obviously, last season was the kind of first time we've not been in the top six for a while. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's always going to be a legendary figure, given what happened with the, the Scottish Cup success and, and what's been achieved after that. He, he's had to change the team. You know, that Derek McInnes kind of you know nurtured and, and Tommy kind of you know strengthened that, and then we achieved the cup win. And, and now we're we're in that period where the squad is is going through you know big changes you know but you Stephen Anderson going out on loan this week as well there's you know the experienced figures have, have maybe moved on uh, but in saying that just as you touched on there for whatever reason when players leave St Johnson they maybe don't go on to have the careers they maybe expect and they and they yeah. come back again so I, I think he he definitely likes to have players that have that he can trust and players that he's worked with before but I think I think the nice blend is now we've got. You know, some youth coming through who probably haven't played under Tommy yet. So there's, I'd like to think there's a nice balance there, and I actually think there's a, a nucleus of a really good squad. Uh, it's a much changed squad, and but the proof will be in the pudding. I would think by the the end of October, because yeah. as as I said, it's a key month, October. You know, you could, you know, Aberdeen, tricky place to go on Saturday, but we've actually got results there in the past, so you know, so who knows? But yeah, you know, I, I would say I would say Judge Saints at the end of October. I say, could it be time for a change? We all know that Tommy Wright's done a good job, and I only ask that because I want to hear what an actual fan says about a manager that he's, you know, you know, been seeing on the dugout week in week out, and it's interesting. I think St Johnston. We could know by the end of October where they are going to be in and around the season. If they don't get more results anytime soon, they're going to end up sort of like what Dundee were in last season. They're not, they're not as bad as Dundee were. Lacking momentum. Uh, lacking talent. <laughs> <laughs> lacking the ability to win. I don't understand how St. Johnson could have gone, um, I don't want to use the word soft, but they're, they're very easy to go through, it seems to have been. And maybe it is because 
if they're good going forward, there's a bit more space between players when they, they defend. Maybe that's a, that's a thing. Uh, Aberdeen's clearly a tough team to go to because yeah. they should be finishing third or second. From what I've seen of Johnson so far, you'd think Aberdeen should win that game, but then you'd think Aberdeen should have beaten St Mirren, and they didn't. They've had, was it two weeks to kind of work and get these new boys integrated in the squad more. I know some of them went away on holiday to Ibiza. Nice. Yeah, there's some good photos going around in them. Greg great, Lee. Great, great place to go to That's recoup. That's some uh, <laughs> warm weather training, was it? Yeah, I think Derek McInnes said they're going to work on shape, and they thought they said shapes. Yeah. <laughs> no. That is gone That's terrible. Um, there's a weird bit of news. Like Scott Wright apparently is out for the season now with a cruciate ligament injury. That's really, so, really sad. But I get texted this by a couple of different people, right? So I got texted saying... Scott Wright's out for the season. First of all, you think that's a real shame because he's just started breaking the yeah, first team. Yeah. He's right at the age where he needs to be playing to get to where he's going to go. Really liked him at Dundee when he was in loan. Exactly. Yeah. He, did, he did okay. I mean, he's, yeah. he's coming like, along and then Aberdeen need width and pace and that's what, one of the things he brings. And then I got texted by uh, my source at the club <laughs> who said that there's no way he's injured. He trained for 90 minutes today and had fajitas at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Is that actually the that's I got told. And is that also how that person talks? I'm just yeah. about to ask that question. It's <laughs> a little bit how he talks. I used to live with him. He's a great guy. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, he went. Um, Did he often make fajitas? <laughs> he's a great guy. He makes great fajitas. But that's what, apparently Scott Wright can't be injured because he had fajitas. And then, but Derek McInnes had a press conference and said that that Scott Wright's out for the season. So how does this guy know that he had, first of all, fajitas and... I can't reveal that without reveal who my source is, but yeah. <laughs> apparently he Do is. these fajitas have like magical healing powers that like, you know, will heal it in ACL and like... Apparently they have, um, they have they have cruciate ligament inducing powers, so I would not recommend these. Okay. So, yeah. But um, yes, yeah, so Aberdeen need to get, uh, as all teams do, need to get themselves together and start playing as a team. I spoke to Derek McInnes last week, actually, and a thing I'm working on for the Telegraph, and he was saying how I think the team's coming together quite well. It's quite a nice balance in the squad, and he's really pleased with what he's got and what they brought in. They just hadn't had the time, really, to get them working together on the training ground properly because they were doing a Thursday and a Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. And now that two weeks should really help them, even though they spent some time out in Ibiza. Time now for the latest odds with our man Lee Price at Paddy Power. Lee, Rangers face unbeaten Livingston, but what are the chances of Levy taking something away from Ibrox? Well, I'm loath to write an unbeaten team off, but our traders seem to have. Rangers are 1-6 to to win this, Livy 14-1 to to get three points at Ibrox. We can do the double chance, which means Livingston won't lose is your bet. And that's 7-2, to just over 3-1. to We're not buying it though. We don't like to speculate on this sort of thing and Michael Stewart calls it the safest job in football but what are the odds of Craig Levine losing his job? Well, there's a good reason why Craig Levine's in a safe job because he reports into himself, as we know. The fans do want his head, though and it's odds-on he goes before the last day of the season, that's 1-3 to three, and it's also odds-on he goes before Christmas, that's 10-11. to 11. He's in trouble, we think, but quite how he sacks himself is a different and fascinating matter entirely. And finally, we mentioned earlier that Scotland right-back Stephen O'Donnell is the only player to score for Kilmarnock in the Premiership. Who else is going to score against Hibs? <laughs> yeah, I love this kind of statistical quirk. Um, we think it's more likely a striker will score, imagine that. Uh, it's 9-1 to one Stephen O'Donnell scores any time though against Hibs. As for the strikers, Eamon Brophy, he's 6-4 to four to score any time. He's scored 36 career goals in 166 games. It's not completely ridiculous. After him in the bet, you've got Roy McKenzie at 10-3. to 3. 
he scored 25 in 241 games in his career. So maybe Stephen O'Donnell isn't such a bad bet after all. It's been a whirlwind few years for Brecon City, from the Championship to League Two in just two seasons. But the mood at Glebe Park is on the up, with the appointment of former Dundee United and Celtic defender Mark Wilson as their new head coach. And Mark joins us now. How's it going, Mark? Yeah, all good. Thanks, guys, for having me on. It's really good to have you on, because I want to hear... Brecon have suffered back-to-back relegations, the second bottom of League Two, but you've accepted the call. What persuaded you? Well, basically, you know, the the call to get back into football um, was too good to turn down. I think any any ex-professional um, who's been concentrating on the media, probably like I have for the past wee while, mm-hmm. is desperate to, to get back in sometime in the near future and that was the case for me you know I, I love the media stuff I, I do for Radio Clyde and and so forth and I'll continue to, to work at that but you know you always want another shot at getting back in so when the call came in from Brecon you know you obviously look at the situation they're in not the best start to the season but you look at the club overall um, look at the, the people who run the club Who've, who've run it for a number of years now, you know, good, good people. And the structure of the club and all seemed to fit. And I was happy enough to take up the opportunity to go and speak to the chairman. And things clicked and happened quickly over, you know, probably about the space of a week. And things were agreed and delighted to take on the role. It's, you're only 35, you know, you're a really young manager. And you took the role at Airdrie two years ago, so 33. And you left, I think I think it was to uh, continue, you know, your, your, your coaching badges and stuff like that, I think. But you must have obviously missed uh, getting back into the dugout and working with these players. Yeah, listen, well, Airdrie was, Airdrie was great. I mean, I'd, I'd done all my coaching badges at Airdrie, but the, I mean, the remit I had at Airdrie was to get them into the playoffs. And, and after that, we lost, we... We classed the season as a success here and it was a great time I had. However, probably the ambitions of the club and myself didn't match up um, after that playoff loss. And certain Airdrie was in a, a pretty unstable position at that time behind the scenes. So it was it was better for me to walk away. As a young manager, I didn't think I was, I was the best guy to take them forward with what was going to happen at the club in the next few years. Going away, you never know if that's going to be your last opportunity. And lucky enough, you know, I, I kept my I kept my nose in here and there, you know, going round and watching some training from old clubs, you know, and old managers that I used to play with or play under. That kept me active. But I worked with the PFA and concentrated on my media work. And as I say, just waited for the right club at the right time to come up. And breaking seemed to match what I was after. So thoroughly looking forward to getting started. Started last week when I'm seeing the players, seeing them again tonight in a big game on Saturday ahead. You said there you're getting ready for, for training. You obviously played at a high level, Celtic, Scotland's international, played in the Champions League. What what is it like going down to sort of these levels, these sort of like part time teams? How hard is it to because you're obviously going to be restricted in, in how often you can work with the players and get your message yeah. across? Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be the, the big challenge. I mean it, I had a, a little taste of it. At the end of my career, I, I signed for Dumbarton and had a little taste of the part-time life, but it was very brief, uh, if I'm honest. So it's a totally different training regime for myself to look at. You know, you see the players for three hours a week, which isn't a lot of time, you know, when you want to work mm-hmm. in things. Um, and you have to remember that 
the players, the majority of them, are, are employed elsewhere also. So they're travelling, you know, quite quite a distance to come and train for the hour and a half. So perhaps uh, they may be a bit leggy sometimes because they've been working hard throughout the day. Those are things I have to take into consideration when you put on the session. And things that I'll, I'll certainly get better at as the as the weeks and months progress. But fundamentally, I think everything's still the same. The players have got a great appetite to win. And as long as that's there, things should be OK. As long as it's there and the important moments on the training ground, you know, the concentration's there and they take the points you're making in training into the game um, on the Saturday and carry out those, those uh, points, then we should be fine. It shouldn't be any different to any other uh, training schedule from any other team. A lot of ex-pros who go into management sometimes kind of maybe do it their own way but take some kind of inspiration from previous managers that they've worked under. You've touched on that slightly, but is there anyone in particular that you look back on and go, I, I liked what he did, I liked what, what they did and you wanted to employ a bit of that? I'm thinking of the likes of Gordon Strachan or do you even like speak to the former teammates like Gary Caldwell or even Paul Hartley, who you're up against quite yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, you've got to take something from, from everyone. Um, there's one or two along the lines that you probably discard. Um, <laughs> I think everybody's, every footballer's like that. They get Andrew one or Murray. two managers, I think. We'll, we'll weave that one. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. So <laughs> I, I'll not name any names. However, but guys that you've mentioned, I mean, Derek McInnes was brilliant to work under uh, at Bristol City mm. for my brief time there. Loved working under Derek. Great training regime, great relationship with the players. Um, Paul Hartley, you know, Paul gave me my first job at Awa, believe it or not, when he was there as manager. Mm -hmm. I went in and was reserve coach, so we had a great relationship, you know, after Celtic and, and in coaching. But the standout, you mentioned him first, Gordon Strachan was the standout for me. And I think, I think when you listen to all these ex-players who played under him at Celtic, I think every one of them mention him, yeah. you know, in terms of training and what he was like on the training ground. Even the, the Scotland players from, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, all loved his training, all loved the, the attention to detail, um, just even his drills. Uh, it got the fitness levels up, but you were also enjoying it. So I think when I'm looking at things, you take the most from, from him because it was probably my most enjoyable time on the training pitch. And even when I look at Neil Lennon, a lot of Neil's training at the start, mirrored Gordon's training um, at the the start he's Celtic career he's probably tailored that now to his own own liking but that was great to be involved in so I think if you get the players enjoying your training mm -hmm. as well as getting fitness levels out of them then you know it's a win-win So you're at home to lead us Cove Rangers how's that going to go? Uh, well listen if I'm being honest I can't go any worse than what's <laughs> happened before so um, <laughs> I mean it's not been a great start for breaking uh, looking at the previous results and that was that's due to a number of things you know the squad was ripped up after back to back relegations yeah. and I think Barry Smith was left with only four players I believe he had to field himself in one of those games because of injuries wow. um, and it showed you what, what a tough job it was for him to, to come in and had the ground running this season and it's not it's not went to plan and of course that leads to me being in so but hoping you know we're working some stuff tonight Cove very good team spent a, a few quid got a good few loan players in and are free scoring so we've got we've looked at them we've got to pick up any weakness we can and just believe in ourselves you know and hope we get the bounce from the players that a new manager uh, brings and, you know, just go out there and have nothing to fear. I mean, a lot of people are writing us off this week already. But um, it'll, be, it'll be a big ask, but one that we're uh, certainly looking forward to. 
Oh, it'd be good to get one over on Paul, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, that would be great. Listen, that would be great. I mean, Paul's had a fantastic managerial career, so it's about time he gives he gives somebody else a shot. So it'd be nice if it's me and Saturday. This is the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven and JJ Bull. Many people's pre-season favourites for the drop face off at Dingwall on Saturday. It's Ross County versus St Mirren. Just one win for St Mirren, but only four goals conceded in four games so far. Jim Goodwin doesn't allow goals. Does he, Kieran? Doesn't like them. <laughs> uh, no, but I think it's actually been quite positive for St Mirren. I know they haven't been very free-flowing, but that's already a massive improvement on last season when they were neither free-flowing and uh, high-scoring mm-hmm. one way and were also very leaky at the back, particularly early on in the season. Um, this will be a good sort of barometer of of what their realistic ambitions can be. Ross County ever kind of had a funny start to the season in that the first few games in the League Cup was all very positive, and now they've had sort of back to back hidings from Livingston and Aberdeen. So I think it's very important for them to to bounce back, particularly at home in a game that's you know it's not a relegation six pointer by any means yet, but you know again it's for for both sides it's a kind of good indicator and, a, and the type of game that they'll be expecting and, and realistically hoping to win. It'd be funny how they set up as well. It was not funny. It was interesting how they'll set up. There's nothing funny about it. They, uh, so they're quite open and they're trying to attack. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's how they came up. Um, but they're playing against Aberdeen against them 3-0 and Livingston did them. But Livingston did them in about 20 minutes, mm-hmm. um, which is some dreadful individual defending, just mistakes. That'll happen now and again. St Mirren, I think the biggest difference from last year is they look really organised and there's a belief and confidence in the players that are there and that's a very basic thing to have but it makes them just a different animal. It seems like a character trait that Goodwin has because working with Aloha last season, a part-time team and keeping them in the championships, pretty special. Well, it must be what Goodwin's done with them and so the way Ross County approached this, they're at home so you think they'd be the onus being them to attack but I wonder whether having suffered those two hidings back-to-back whether they'll have worked on off the ball shape mm-hmm. during the last two weeks so that they are better prepared to not concede fast rather than trying to find these goals because although they'll get some points along the way they can't keep getting done because it, it not only does it you don't win any points but it, you start to lose confidence I think and you yeah. want to make sure that other teams don't come to you thinking they're going to score because it gives them more belief well Ross County what was it 4-1 defeat to Livingston 3-0 defeat to Aberdeen in their last two games um, and more worry for Ferguson and Kettlewell, the joint managers, they've conceded three in 15 minutes against Aberdeen and three in 23 minutes against Livingston. So this is, you said it's a barometer for St Mirren. It's going to be an interesting game, this. Yeah, and actually um, one of Ross County's signings on deadline day was Ewan Henderson um, on loan from Celtic, who I was very impressed with when he played the few games last season um, for Celtic. I was quite surprised that he, he didn't get more outings at least in sort of pre-season and stuff there's, there's really big um, hopes for him so he could be a, a very good signing for Ross County another interesting thing in this game Kurt Broadfoot could make his uh, return uh, to the buddies yeah there's a story with this it's quite interesting isn't it well yeah so Broadfoot um, started his career at St Mern, I think certainly was there previously before uh, joining Rangers but when he came back with Rangers in 2008 he uh, he kissed the Rangers badge in front of the uh, St Mern fans who weren't very happy about only, it. Only a bit of banter. Mm. Obviously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, if Kirk is happy now that he'll be able to eat his pie and chips. At, uh, in <laughs> well, exactly. And that one thing that will make everyone happy is oh, that St. Oh, Mirren have the joint lowest price 
for a tea and a pie in a Scottish Premiership, four pound fifty. That's all right. I've never had a pie at St Mirren Park, to be honest. No, neither have I. I didn't have one at Love Street when they but were there. Maybe this is why Kirk was so upset because the pies at Kelly are like the best. I've heard that. I need to have one. The Kelly pie, very special. Mm. The Premiership weekend kicks off at noon at New Douglas Park. Hamilton v Celtic, and the champions will go six points clear for a few hours at least with a win. Odson Edward scored four goals in two games for France's under-21s. God, the, you forget how young he is, don't you? The lad is bang on form, isn't he? I actually wonder if he's in, like, too good a form for Celtic's uh, <laughs> wishes at the moment. There were rumours of Leon circling well, around Yeah, him. there's suggestions that if Dembele leaves Leon, which could have even happened in the summer transfer window, but mm-hmm. say he has another good season, be far more likely to happen next summer, that uh, Leon might think, oh, signing... Young French Celtic strikers went well for us, so let's buy another one. Yeah, are we likely to see debuts for Greg Taylor and Mohamed El Yunusi? I would think they would put Ball and Goli at left back here because they're going to have more of the ball and he's more of an attacking uh, fullback. Mm-hmm. So imagine Hamilton won't possibly risk the going at them. Contrary opinions, that might be that given the play Ren away in the Europa League on Thursday, yeah. which might normally be the type of game you would play Taylor in because he's better defensively, mm-hmm. you play him in this game to give him a game and bed him in before that game. Well, that could well be what happens. Who knows? Maybe Hamilton can capitalise on a weary eye that Celtic might no. have on that Thursday no. tie. No. 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 <laughs> they were pretty hopeless on the opening day of the season at Ross County, weren't they? But they have taken four points from a possible nine. I think they've been okay this season. Yeah. They looked all right. Yeah. It's, it's not been an easy start draw for the them. But like, like, you can see what Brian Rice is trying to do, and they're, they're not quite as, ad, uh, what's the word, adventurous as they were last season. I think Rice is um, adapting to each game. Maybe he's uh, learned a bit more about the players he's got, and he's got a lot of young players come in who are doing well. Mm-hmm. The problem is that Celtic are still the best team in the league by a country mile and are going to put a few passes. I also think that Celtic will make quite a lot of changes in the guys that have been away. So, like, Edward might not play, Forrest played. So, like, they might make a few changes, but they should still be and, a good for And this is um, artificial pitch, and we know that the likes of Celtic and Rangers like to chop and change their teams for these games as well, don't they, to protect some of their players, particularly if there's a big game on Thursday. Let's move on, Rangers v Livingston at Ibrooks. The first game for Steven Gerrard's men since the 2-0 defeat at home to Celtic. If Rangers don't win here, the wheels could come off, or maybe that's a little bit, mm, I don't think know. Still too early in the season. Yeah, far yeah. too early. But, you know, we're talking about a Livingston side that are unbeaten this season. So it's open season. <laughs> <laughs> I think if this if the fixture was the other way around and Rangers were going to Livingston off the back of that uh, Celtic defeat and the form that Livingston are in, mm-hmm. it could have been a really tricky game. Yeah, they, I could see them struggling to score there. They yeah. they lost there last season one nil. Um, but at Ibrox, yes, I think and there's not Rangers don't have two. I know Aribo was away and scored on his debut for Nigeria. Mm-hmm. He was uh, being compared to JJ Kocha in the Nigerian press. Well, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good player um, but I think Rangers didn't have too many players away on uh, international duty so they should be well rested and ready to, to bounce back from that just on that though the international duty thing uh, Gerrard has had quite a dig at Scotland set up saying that Ryan Jack probably won't play this weekend uh, because he was forced to do 11 kilometres in training two days after the, the old firm game and uh, that's something you should never do. Well, it doesn't sound like a good thing to do. Why they? I don't understand this. Wait, I mean, this is the, remember what Kirk Broadfoot says when he came away from Steve Clark's training. Yeah. 
Um, so Alessio's got all these new fangled ideas, and now he's got to do his own fitness training. Steve Clark is clearly a very talented. He's a very good manager, but uh, <laughs> clearly you wouldn't you wouldn't make someone run like ten k in training. Why why are you trying to get their fitness nuts. up for an international game? You want to be fit, like fit, ready to go. It's not the start ready. of the season. Everyone's oh, pretty mad. fit. Maybe given like a sort of um, the number of midfielders we have, like because it's going to be pretty hard for Jack to break into that anyway. He was just like putting out loads of cones. And you know, that's how he like managed to like rack up eleven k. It could be that it's yeah. I mean, it, there's loads of different coaching things you can do where you put cones down, they make them do little short bursting runs. But it sounds that the way it's worded makes it sound like he's got them running long distance to try and get some fitness up. It's not a club; it's international management. Yeah. So it's a weird one there. Like we said, I, I think Livingston could have given them a game at home. At but, the Tony Macaroni. But you'd think Ibrix will be. They'll just demand our performance. Yes, well, you, you, well, you've, also, got to, you've got to think that Gerard doesn't really have to say much. The players know they have to give the fans at Ibrox a really big performance. I'm fully expecting another, you know, six-goal haul here. I don't think six. I think that's a bit disrespectful really? to what Livingston have done. Oh, no, I, no, think, no. I think three or four, maybe. I think the other thing is... But well, what I'm saying is, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw it. No, um, but the, the other thing was that the day after the Celtic defeat, they obviously signed Ryan Kent, which might have been a reaction to that defeat, but it certainly lifted the fans sort of from, from the downer of that. So he's probably almost certainly going to make his second debut this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will sort of give the fans a lift straight from the start. As I say, I think Rangers will win and win pretty comfortably. Maybe not five or six, I, but... I think, I think it'll be tough, honestly. I, I, so the, the things we went talked about in the podcast last week... Uh, all about things like to do with shape and width and how they don't have any but creativity. Is, is but Kent, is, diff- is that yeah. the difference? Yeah, there? well, that's again, that's what we said, right? So um, he should make the difference. But I, I don't know if he's going to change the team instantly. Uh, and Livingston will be ready. Like, everyone's revved up to play Rangers. It's it's a big game for everyone else, and everyone else raises their level against teams like Rangers and but, Celtic. But I think what Kieran's saying, and I, I tend to agree, I, I think Ibrox is such a massive factor for Rangers. I know, I know, this is off the back of yeah. Celtic winning two 0 there, but you say that. The team won't change that much, but he might change the setup of that squad. Maybe, but like Rangers should win. And other thing as well is they've got the big game on Thursday against Feyenoord, yes. right? Gerard against Yapstam. <laughs> it's like the good old days. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Any contacts at Feyenoord, Kieran? I teed you up as a as a contacts man in Europe. Uh, not with Feyenoord. No, I'm more of a Spanish contacts man. Not so much on the uh, Dutch front. Although I have been to Feyenoord once. I went as a. A young boy with my uh, dad and was terrified because we were in the uh, temporary stand they had built for Euro 2000. Wow. And uh, Pierre van Hooydonk was playing for Vitesse Arnhem and the uh, the Feyenoord fans did not take that kindly to him and started like throwing uh, many thousands of lighters at him and like some were like flying wow. just inches over my head. Maybe that's how I became prematurely bald. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Either that struck off or as a Yapstam tribute. Oh, God. Well, funnily enough, Pierre van Hooydonk played in that Feyenoord team the last time Rangers played them, which I think was 3-2. And van Hooydonk scored a free kick. That is correct. That is I, great knowledge. I remember that game. I watched that game. But anyway, we'll end on that note. I'm sure Rangers will get a better result this time round. So that's all we've got time for. Thank you, JJ. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks to the Little Kicks who are banging our theme tune right into your ears. And thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back next Friday ahead of the Big Edinburgh Derby. You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com. 
Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football network at The Totally Show on Twitter and make sure you check out our brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com. Totally Football Show.com.